people, Buster Bus Extinction Level Event 2. Woo! That's how we're coming in today, people. Because, uh, yeah, we're gonna get dark. <laughs> oh my gosh, people, there are. Oh man, there's a, there's a lot to go into this week, man. I mean, there's a lot, but not a lot. You feel me? Like, the world is going crazy because whew, they're waiting on some results. But, hey, hey, there are a lot of other things, right? So, a new film is out, The Witches, right? And um, it's starring Anne Hathaway. It's uh, it's a Ronald Dahl book, right? It's an adaptation of that. I feel that they did one in the 90s, but I can't. I you know I can't remember, right? But I think a lot of people are, um, yeah, are, uh, people are going a bit. A bit aggy because the witches have limb limb differences. Let's say, like I haven't seen. I'm not watching this. This isn't a film for me. You feel me? But um, one of the witches, like she has, I like three fingers on both hands, and I feel the fingers look longer than normal. But, here's the thing, she's a witch, right? When you, like, I think people see, you know, uh, pictures of witches, and uh, they might be green or something like that, but they all look pretty humanoid-ish, right? But, when you read some books on witches and shit, yeah, they've got, you know, three-fingered hands. They've got, like, a crazy load of differences. So, uh, a lot of um, disability advocates have come out and they're, like, going, oh, the film is terrible. Like, you know, like, it's so bad that they've done this and all of this. And, listen... I, I would say, right, if you had a continuous, right, if there was a continuous, um, like, look of what witches are, right, if that was the thing. You know, every time you saw a witch, she had one one arm longer than the other, or you know, what I mean, like a few fingers on one hand, no hand on the other. If that was a continued thing, I might say, yeah, that could be problematic, right? That could be a thing, but we're not talking about a history of this. Like, usually when we're seeing, you know, witches in films, they look nothing like this. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're kind of getting 
it's usually a twilight type of thing, right? I mean, just think, they've, they're doing a lot about the craft recently, because the original film, you know, that's hit an anniversary, and then they did the craft legacy or something like that, they, they remade it, now, all the witches in that, they're just hot girls, right, and that's the normal depiction of witches, so to have this film come out and have them look different, right, I I just think you're just going, like, you're talking about something like it's, you mean, not as much an issue, right, there's, it's, it's just like, so, obviously, right, so every person with a limb, um, impairment is, is talking on this, and I just think, what, what are you doing, like, what do you say, like, Alex Broker, right, who works for Channel 4, <sighs> yeah, 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 I think he's meant to be a comedian, I, I don't get along with him, but hey-ho, but, you know, they contacted him for this piece, right, and he said that, um, the images jarred quite a lot, and could add to the stigma around disability, and I'm just like, no, no, they're not, because they're witches, right, I mean, if, as I said, look, if this was a continuous thing, if every time you saw a witch, she was disabled, that would be a thing, right, you could go, oh, that's bad, you know what I mean, but it's not, like, what are you talking about, like, literally, what, what did you think a witch was gonna look like, you know, you know what I mean, like, what did you think a witch was gonna look like, it's a little bit different from, I'm just reading books back in the day, right, any fantasy book back in the day, like, the evil characters were always black, evil characters, like, Lord of the Rings, when you read Lord of the Rings, and he's talking about the bat, like, you know, their dark skin, and, you know what I mean, and he's describing just black people, you know what I mean, the, the bad ones, right, and that's a huge thing in, like, old fantasy books, even newer fantasy stuff, and when I say newer, I'm like, 2000s, you know what I mean? Like, they were still doing that shit. So, I think that is when you go, hey, that's a little, pro- that's problematic, man. When everything you pick up is that. This is one film. It's one film, and it's about witches. Like, what's going on here? Like, literally, what is going on? You know what I mean? It's just, it's odd. Right? So, Warner Brothers, they've come out and said that um, 
you know, they're deeply saddened to learn the movie could upset people with disabilities. You know, it was never the intention for viewers to feel that the fantastical non-human creatures were meant to represent them. And that is the thing. They are witches. They're not humans. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, (laughs) you know, the, the, the kind of thing about it. Like, in the book, the witches, you know, they're trying to turn kids into mice, right? And they're described as having thin, curvy claws instead of fingernails. So, they're talked about as having these weird hands, like you, why are you trying to say that? Oh, this means dis disabit. It doesn't mean disability. I don't look at that and go, oh, oh, they're having a jab at disabled people, right? There is a line. You know what I mean? There, there is a line with things where you look at something and go, okay, that's not real, or. Oh, that is meant to be a person, right? That that's it. So when you look, it's like when you watch, um, like Steve Coogan. He was in a film last year. I think it was last year called Greed, right? And that his character in that film was a a characterization of a real person, right? So you could look at that and go. All right, he's meant to be blah blah. I mean, that would be a fair thing to say, even though Coogan's character had a different name, right? They kind of tried to dress it up as like a different person, but everyone kind of knew. Okay, you're you're poking at that person, so you can say that about that. But to to watch a film. And see a witch or a monster and go, oh, they're taking jabs at disabled people. It's just like, come on, man. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you, calm the fuck down. You know what I mean? Calm the fuck down. It's a different thing to, um, like... The BFI changed their funding rules And they said that in a film right, You can no longer depict an evil person By making them have a scar Because that was a thing, right? To kind of show someone was evil You'd have like a facial disfigurement You know, like just think In Austin Powers like the person's got a mole, right? I believe that's the whole joke. And you can say, yeah, that that's a fair thing to put in play. You know, because I mean people get lazy and they're just like, oh, how can we show that this person is this? Oh, let's do that. And it's just like, come on, man. We can do better than that. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? 
You know what I mean? That, that's a fair statement. But this, it just seems a little much, right? And it's, you know, it's not just Booker that has come out. But loads of people have come out. But this is another crazy thing that Booker said, though, right? Booker, Brooker, even. Booker, Brooker. Um, he said, um, when I first watched the film, I was expecting something very different beneath the witch's glove. And I'm like, but why? Like, why? You Because it's not like... You know what I mean? There's all the... There's no descriptions of witches being anything different. As I said, if you've read the original book, it says they've got weird hats. So why would you think something different? Like, that's... You made an assumption and it was different to that. You know, that, that's the thing. You know, like, Brooker, he's got... Um, he, he, I think he's missing a hand, right? And I think one arm is shorter than the other. I think it's something like that. But if they did that, you could go, oh, yeah, like, what are they doing? But it's not that. You know what I mean? It's not that. It is just... Yeah, it, you're being weird. He's like, oh, it clearly looked like they'd removed some of the fingers. I was like, I'm not sure that's on. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? That is just, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to try and draw a line under and go, oh, this, this is a bad thing. Right, just because people in real life can miss fingers. Like, you can't just go, oh, that's obviously poking fun. Because it's not. It's not the same thing. It's really not the same fucking thing. You know, and you've got, yeah, all these bad people go, coming out trying to go, uh, like, Grace Mandeville. You know, she's a, a TV presenter. And an actress. You know, and she's like, um, really disappointed with the decision to give the villains in the movie a disability for absolutely no reason other than to make the character seem scarier. Like, no other reason as in that's what it was in the book. And they are a witch. You know, like, yeah. This is a, a weird conversation. I, I do believe that sometimes when not much is going on, people want to jump on the first thing they see to try and go, oh, we haven't been in the news lately. We need to be, we need to get back centre stage. What can we pick on? Yo, and the, yeah, I mean, that's it, right, that is the thing, and it's, it's very disappointing that these people 
have decided to, um, yeah, do this shit. It's, it's odd. It's very fucking odd. But I would say it is not as odd as what recently went down in fucking Rotterdam. Because, people, if you haven't seen it or um, been aware, yo, you you need to check this shit out, right? So, um, it was on Sunday, right? It, It was Sunday just before midnight. And... One of their metro trains, um, gosh, so it's in Spikensee, right, which is a, a city near to Rotterdam, it crashed through the barrier at the station, right, so I don't know how many people were on that train, but imagine you're the driver, you're sitting on the train, and it's not stopping, Right, it's not stopping. You are gonna think, fuck, I'm gonna die. I am going to die. Because once it goes through that barrier, right, there is a 10 meter drop, 32 feet into water, right? Into, I, I think it's a canal kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you're 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 fucked. You know, like maybe you survive it, but you're gonna get fucked up, right? And that was gonna happen. But but right, so this is the crazy thing. I and it's probably because it's in the water, but at the end of um this line, they've got these sculptures, right, they've got these two sculptures of whales, but it's the, it's the tail, so one standing right up, and the other is more bent over, and that's the one, the train, it was right by that track, so when it went through the barrier, the train Got stuck on this whale tail. Yeah. Got stuck on the whale tail and stopped. So, you know what I mean? You're the driver. He doesn't, you know, crash to his death. The train is probably saved a mad lot of damage to the train as well. But yeah, you just see these images of this train. This metro train. Like precariously, you know, balanced on a frigging whale tail. Like, how insane is that? It it, is, man, it's baffling, right? So, this is a, um, uh, it's like an art installation sculpture, um, it's actually called Whale Tales, and it's from Martin Strugis, right? Martin Strugis, and it was, it's been there for 18 years. They erected it in 2002. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, 
God damn. All, all the things that could have happened. A whale saved a train. How about that one, people? How about that? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Whew. I think we need to get into, um, let's get into the episode proper, people. Because there are other things to talk about, right? Alright, let's go. I think we're getting really weird right now, right? A, um, a New Zealand author, um, what's the person's name? Oh, Olivia Pearson, okay, she had her, um, she's had her new book pulled, um, from bookshops because she made a comment about Nania Mahuta, right, who is the new, um, MP for Foreign Affairs in New Zealand And she's got um, Maori tattoos So um, on on her chin and her lips They're tattooed, right? Because, you know, she's Maori, right? And it's a cultural thing now, but I mean, would you say that you know Pearson's comments are? I mean, are they short-sighted? Are they dumb? Maybe, right? Maybe, but should they get your book pulled? That seems a bit crazy. Right, there's now she said that um, uh, for a female diplomat to have tattoos, it just seems ugly and uncivilized. And I mean, listen, when I think we're saying, because this is the thing, right? There's a low face tattoos. I don't even know why, but face tattoos have suddenly blown up, right? There's people that get teardrops and ice cream coat, like just all manner of things tattooed on the face. And, like, I mean, come on, it's odd, right? It's an odd thing. And I think everyone realises that. Like, if you are... You know, I guess a musician, you can kind of get away with that stuff. But do you want to go into a meeting with your mortgage advisor and they've got, you know, a car tattooed underneath their eye? You'd be like, wait, what? (laughs) What the fuck is happening here? Like, should I be taking financial advice from you Because there is a recklessness in it Right, there's a freedom But there's a recklessness as well And so if that 
is a conversation. Think about it. If that's a conversation, then if you see anyone with a facial tattoo, you will have that similar fault. You know what I'm saying? So, I think to say the comments, I I wouldn't say that it's necessarily a, oh, Maoris are disgusting. But when the common sentiment around face tattoos is one thing, then to, like, to then pivot on that and go, oh, but that face tattoo is fine. You know what I'm saying? It, it It's a weird one. It, you know, it's a weird one. And I, to see a politician with a face tattoo, it would be... Um, like, it would make you second-guess that shit. Like, you'd be like, wait, what? What's happening here? Now, do you... Like, does anyone really care? No. No one cares. If she can do her job, right? Boom. That's that's all that really... It's all that really matters. And the fact... Because the fact being... The, the face tattoos, that's part of that culture. You know, like, it's not like she's the only Maori with a face tattoo. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So it's a different thing. But again, to ask someone to readjust just like that, it's... It's a it's a different thing to do, you know. It, it, there's a because there's a few things that go down right now, and I think people might say certain things about them, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're an asshole. You know, like when uh, what's the name of the Jenna, right? Um, Caitlyn, isn't it Caitlyn Jenner? When Caitlyn Jenner had the, you know, gender reassignment surgery, you know, from Bruce to Caitlyn. I believe, I, I think I've got the right Cadacian. I might have the wrong one, but for, for this, uh, you know, we're just saying it's Caitlyn, because I think it is. Now, if... There were people that knew her as Bruce, right? For 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 when that first happened, to be like, wait, is that Bruce? Wait, did Bruce did like to to do that at that beginning at the because you didn't know it was ha- like to to see Bruce one day and then the next day to see Caitlin. It's going to take a little bit to catch up with that, right? But there were people that got the name mixed up at the beginning and were vilified for it. And it's not like, it's not, they're not bad people. You just, you need to catch up with, you know, these changes. Right now, if you're saying it's like, if you... Go intentionally as saying shit to hurt people. That's something, right? 
But you have to then, I feel that you have to make that, you, know, you, 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 you have to look at it like that, right? You have to think, okay, how is someone saying this? You know, there is a different sentiment, you know what I mean? So, I just think that, yeah, because there was no one on the New Zealand cabinet I think with with Maori um, descent, as far as I'm aware, before, which is you know part of the thing, right? They wanted to have a diverse cabinet, so it's gonna catch a lot of people off guard, right? Now, if people then start being like, "Oh, she's shared, oh, she shouldn't be allowed," you know what I mean? That's a different thing. But I think to initially just say, "Eh." Facial tattoos It's not great I mean, come on I It's just a bit Yeah, I just think Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? What are we What are we doing? It's weird Like, oh, someone says something I don't like So we're gonna take away their life It's a weird thing to do Right, so then what happens? Right, so you, you know, I mean, you stop selling Pearson's books. So then, what Pearson? She can't make her 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 house payments. Right, so now she's homeless. So, like, what extent do people want someone to suffer? You know what I'm saying? That's the thing here now. If, right, I'm saying, like, if Pearson, like, I don't even know if she knew that Mahota was Maori, you know what I mean? But, like, now she knows, you know what I mean? Like, now she knows. If she continues to say stuff, then you might go, okay, all right, you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, to, a, a split comment at the start, before you knew anything, had any information, is one thing. And, look, she did say, I stick by my statement, I don't like facial tattoos. I mean, again, that's still fine. I mean, I, I don't think that's a, a terrible thing to say. I mean, she's just like, look, I don't like them on anyone, white, brown, or black. And, yeah, like, I think, you know, if you like facial tattoos, I don't think it comes down to race, right? It's just you kind of view the face as being, you know, something that, like, why are you putting tattoos on the face? So I I think that as a statement isn't a bad Statement But yes I I would say If she continues Like if now she continues to come out And just say yeah I mean facial Like that woman in parliament with a facial tattoo Should get sacked Blah 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 Then then you're like yeah that's problematic But right now I'm just like Yeah don't pull the books Come on people What are we doing here 
Like, what are we doing? Not everyone has to think the same. You know what I mean? Not everyone has to think the same. Not everyone has to like the same things. And if we try and dictate and make everyone do that, we are going to have severe problems. It's going to be a fucking mess, man. Really, really is. So, yeah, I don't know. This shit concerns me, man. Really does. Okay, so, you know what I mean? Like, there is definitely a lot of change happening in the States right now. Well, potentially, right? But who knows? I think, but some legitimate change that we definitely know is um, Mississippi have got a new flag. I mean, pretty much. I think it still needs to be fully ratified. But, um, yeah, they've got a new flag. So, the old flag, um, it was it was like the Netherlands, but it had the Confederate flag in its corner. Which, um, a little weird, right? Kind of, and when I say the Confederate flag in its corner, it's like how, um... The, the flag of Hawaii has the Union Jack on it, which, yeah, you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> Why the fuck is that there? <laughs> you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, and it's been problematic, right? Definitely problematic, especially when you, you think of the makeup of Mississippi's population, and it's got a um, a big percentage of, uh, you know, black people, right? And they've got the frigging Confederate flag on their state flag. So it's a weird one. And I think it's it has definitely been a point of contention for a while. Now, that's not to say that everyone in Mississippi is um, a racist leaning Because, yeah, that would be a falsehood But I think the problem is, you know You've always got those few who, um, yeah, just make shit weird Right? You know, when... um, there was a murder in, well, you know, the uh, the Charleston, you know, the church shootings in 2015. You had people, you know, like people, well, the, the dirty racists wielding the flag. So it, it, it becomes a situation where you got to change it, right? Because... If these assholes are um, subverting it in a way, it's always just going to have this foul, dirty connotation. Even if some people are like, oh, well, we put it there, you know, to, for us to remember or just, you know, because that was the history. You know, because remember, Mississippi, they were... Um, 
Yeah, they were, I think they were one of the first states to secede from the Union back in the day, right? That was the whole thing. Um, which, yeah, not a great history to have. You know what I mean? Not, not something to be overly proud of, right? That your state really wanted those slaves so bad that they, they they wanted to split away from the rest of the fucking country, you know, it's just like, ugh, god damn, but it happened, right, it's a thing, you can't hide from it, but uh, yeah, that was a problem, so yeah, Mississippi, they, yeah, they, they got rid of the flag in June, it's kind of, like, with all of this stuff, it's just weird how, oh, yeah, we made the decision this at this point. When it's just like, wait, people have been pissed about this for years, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and this is the moment that you decide, right? But in June, they re- supposedly they retired the flag. I mean, it wasn't fully retired, but, you know, they kind of took it down, right? So, um... Yeah, they then had to choose a new flag. And I would say the whole process just seemed a little bit uh, just weird. Right? Just a little bit weird. You know, they had what? I think they had like 3,000 submissions for a new flag. I'm just like, what's going on? Like, what the hell is going on when your process allows for that many? That's insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's insane. But I think one of the problems was, though, like, with, um, yeah, there, there was a law in retiring the old flag, and it was specified that any new flag, right, it couldn't contain the Confederate one, which, well, yeah, no shit, right? (laughs) Because if you're getting rid of the current one because of that, why would you put it on a new one? But that was, so you had to have that, but it also had to have the, um, the words... In God we trust. Which. Oh it's a weird one. You know. I, I, I That. I, I Yeah. It, it seems a bit baffling. But I think they did it. Supposedly. To kind of get some of the conservative legislators on, sli- on side. Right. Now, what kind of, I'm, I'm a bit like, I, I don't know why they chose those words. Because when the, the motto of the state is virtue et armis, which is um, by valor and arms, you'd think, all right, if it's going to have words, why wouldn't it have your state motto on it? You know, but yeah. So the new flag, it's, um, yeah, in God we trust, which, 
you know, hey, that's kind of polarizing. <laughs> what if you're not religious or um, of a different um, domination? Domination? Is that the word? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, they have a new flag. And I think magnolias seem to be a big part of Mississippi. Right? It, it's their what, state flower. You know? And um, I think they've got magnolia trees. You know? So, um, yeah. It's uh, the new flag. It has a big white magnolia in the middle. Um, it's got stars around it. And then in God We Trust underneath. So that's sitting on a, hmm, I'd say navy blue background. And then on the side of that, you have a thin gold bar. And then a thicker red bar. So that's on either side of the blue. So, I mean, it's not a bad flag. You know what I mean? To tell you the truth. Right? It, it's vastly different from the old one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Vastly different from the old one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there is that. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Interesting to me Now I think There is still supposedly um, Time For people to You know um, What's the word Protest it Right But um, It has to get approved Like they need a certain number of signatures And whatnot. Right, so because I think there are still people that want to keep that old Confederate flag. So um, yeah, the you know they they're trying to get it onto uh, the state ballot, but yeah, they need a whole heap of signatures for that to happen. Um, which I don't know. I'd imagine they won't get it, but crazier things have happened. Right? Crazier things have happened. But um yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Old uh Mississippi with a new flag. Yeah. I don't even like it's an odd one though. I like every state has a flag. There's you know I don't believe that every um spot in the UK has flags. Which definitely is a good thing. It's not all about flags and shit and anthems. Because, whoo, that is some tiresome shit. But, um, yeah, Mississippi, new flag. Whoa. Alright, the thing with this year, okay? So, people will remember 2020 because of the pandemic... You know what I mean? And then the... I don't know what you would call it, right? The the racial riots? Would we call it that? The racial shift? I don't know. Because it wasn't just George Floyd, right? People 
when they talk about this stuff, they go, oh, yeah, George, because of George Floyd, no. If it was just George Floyd, none of this would happen. But it was a culmination of people, like Breonna Taylor, um, Aubrey Ahmad, you know what I mean? There was a, a ton of incidents that just seemed to happen very close to each other, which then ignited everything. But because of that, we've seen changes. But I would say the changes we have seen are cosmetic, right? Very cosmetic changes that are clearly done to placate. Because it ain't it ain't benefiting anyone. You know what I mean? Changing the um Aunt Jemima label and you know that ain't really benefiting anyone. You know? But it makes a company be able to go, look at us. How great are we? You know? And someone that has, do you know what I mean, leapt in on that bandwagon. Hey, now, maybe, look, that's how it's perceived to me, right? Other people might think this move is a good one. Me, I'm just like, ugh, what, what, what's happening here? But it's the Grammys, right? The Grammys have made changes to the names of their awards. And I just think the Grammys as a whole, just any award system as a whole is so flawed and so full of bullshit. But, you know, that's just my opinion, people. But yes, the Grammys have made some changes. All right, so um, now this, uh, like the first lot of changes, I don't know. That was they made some changes in June, right? So in June, um, they changed the names of um, who like the best urban contemporary album. Right, that was the name of one one um award, and they changed it to best progressive R and B album. Right, which I'm like, huh? What do you mean? Because let's think about the wording right there. Because I think mean, for me, the big thing is progressive, right? Progress. It seems a what a, a weird term to throw in front of R and B album. So you could have the best R and B album, but to say the best progressive R and B album. What do you say? Like because yeah, let's look. So cinnamons of progressive, right? Modern, liberal, advanced. Forward-looking, forward-thinking, go-ahead, enlightened, enterprising, innovative, up-and-coming, new, dynamic, avant-garde. You like, you can't say that about every fucking album that comes out. Like there are some, you know, you and this is the thing. Listen to the lyrics, man. Right? Not everyone. 
has like the the lyrics of say a music so child a uh, balau a uh, okay you know what i mean like there's going to be people that are just talking about base level things that's not to say those songs aren't good right that's not to say that that album is not great that gives you an energy that gets you moving, gets you just thinking on a different level. But by saying progressive, you're it kind of I feel it 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 limits really who you who you're giving that to, right? Because yeah, if someone comes out with a you know as I said a, a kind of. And I'm saying base level, and that is not a negative knock, right? But listen, you write these things for the different stages of your life or what's happening around you, what's happening to you. So if just at that moment in time, certain things are going down, that's what you're going to write. But if you write that kind of album... It's kind of saying you ain't getting an award Even if that album is huge and everyone loves it I just think it's a weird thing to put, right? Why are you trying to be all crazy and fancy? Just call it best R&B album That's it, it's as simple as that, right? And, um, yeah, what were the other ones that they checked? Well, no, before we get to the other awards, right? It's just, like, their CEO, right? Their new CEO. Uh, <coughs> oh, my days. <coughs> oh. oh, man. So, they've got a new interim CEO, Right, because they got rid of Deborah Duggan, and I feel a lot of what's happening with the Grammys is because of that. Right, there was a lot of stink around that, so it's just like, oh, how can we get people talking about us in a positive way? But yeah, their new CEO is Harvey Mason Jr., and he has come out with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> I feel. Right? It's like some of the things he has said, it's just a bit weird. Because he's just like, um, you know, I think people have been like, oh, did you get rid of the word urban in that award title? Right? Because remember, it was it used to be best urban contemporary album, which it just means nothing. You know what I mean? It, it means nothing, and it was always just a bullshit thing, right, because you see, like, all the different award shows, right, all the different, different award shows and things like that, and any award show that was kind of predominantly black, they'd throw urban there, because they didn't want to say black, so they would just say urban, it was just like, but when you think of what urban actually means, it doesn't like it has no relevance. It was a it's a stupid term. It's a stupid word, but yeah. So people are thinking, oh, they changed that because of 
everything that has gone down this year so far, which, you know, why at the beginning, as it like, the, you know, the racial riots, the racial revolt, as it were. But Mason said, it's something we've been discussing for a couple of years. And the term has been a hot button for a while. A lot of creators and people in that genre didn't like that description and felt it pigeonholed certain styles of music. So when our constituents brought that to us in the form of a proposal, we listened and voted to approve it. Now, the thing is, I when people come out with answers like that, it's bullshit. It's, it's straight up bullshit Because when you have You know what I mean You're thinking Oh we're going to make a change Like the, it will always come out Right It will always come out Like people will talk about it at the time They're like listen We don't like this We're looking for a way to change it We're looking for a way to do this People You don't sit on something If you know people aren't happy You don't sit on it until you found a solution, right? And the fact that what it took you two years it took you two years to w- work out how to remove the word urban. Are you fucking stupid? Right? Are you fucking stupid? So that whole bullshit he came with is ridiculous. Just and what's the point? Like why? Like, why lie? It's weird. Just say. Right? Listen, we... It's something we should have addressed ages ago. We didn't. But we're trying to do better. Just say that if you have to say something. But it's just these transparent fucking bullshit statements that these organisations put out. It's ridiculous, man. It really is. But, yeah, you know, um, they also changed uh, some Latin um, award titles, which really make things confusing, right? So you had the Latin Pop Album Award, which they have renamed to Best Latin Pop or Urban Album. And it says, like, wait, 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 you removed Urban from that, but you've added it, why are you still, if you're saying it's problematic, why have you then just put it into that? It's like, what are you doing, you morons? You know, like, it's just, oh, my God, you look at it, and you're just like, I, I think that they're touched, right? You know what I mean? As your mum's house would say, I think they're TikToked, right? Jeez. <sighs> and then they also had um the Latin Rock Urban or Alternative Album Award, which now is the Latin Rock or Alternative Album Award. So you're just like, okay. Alright, you people are just fucking morons, right, you, oh my days, you know what I mean, like, you people, man, what are you doing, 
What are you doing? It, it's just... It's so weird. Right? It is so fucking weird. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this one is crazy as well. So, you've also got the best rap song performance, right? And they have renamed that best melodic rap performance. Where's your, like, wait, what? Why have you, huh? Like, what are you doing? Like, that doesn't make any sense. What are you doing, people? This is so fucking weird, right? It is another odd one. I don't understand the wording there, right? Right, the Cambridge Dictionary has melodic as a very pleasant to listen to. You know, like, they said that, you know, changing the name um, represents the inclusivity of the growing hybrid of performance trend within the rap genre. But it still doesn't, because there's, there's tracks that don't have a, you know what I mean? A, a flowing tune. The beat can be broken up and jerky, but that works within the nature of the lyrics and the beat coming together. So, what are you doing? Like, what are you, why are you throwing these fucking words in front of your fucking awards? It's insane. It, it really is. But, um, they have now changed another one, right? So they had the Best World Music Album Award, right? And now they've changed it to the Best Global Music Album. And you're just like, what? You know, they say, um, you know, changing it is an attempt to find a more relevant, modern and inclusive term. Because world has bad connotations. Like, what are you saying? You know, they, they issued a statement and it says, um, you know, that um, the new name symbolizes a departure from the connotations of colonialism. Yeah, colonialism, folk and non-American that the former term embodied. It was like, oh my gosh. They also said, as we continue to embrace a truly global mindset, we update our language to reflect a more appropriate categorization that seeks to engage and celebrate the current scope of music from around the world. I'm just like, fuck off, Grammys. You know what I mean? It's changing things that don't matter to make everyone go, oh, yeah, the Grammys are great. Look at what they're doing. But that doesn't, it doesn't mean anything because that's never, it's not the issue, right? The issue is equality, right? The issue is 
giving people opportunity. That's the like these stupid words, changing names of things and think like that's not the issue. It's not the issue. So Grammys, what the fuck, man? Okay, people. So this week's chin check looks ahead to the big showdown between Tiago Santos and Glover Texera. So it's a great card, right? So once you're done with this, go check it out because yeah, we look at all of the eleven fights on the card, and um, you know. We're not too bad with our predictions, people. So maybe, you know, you want to have a little flutter, try and make some money, right? <laughs> you might be able to. So um, share with your peoples, all of that. But before you get to that, finish this episode, all right? Okay, let's go. Greek mythology, yo, that has always been... Yo, my thing, you know what I mean? Every time something new comes out, I think, let me give that a look. Now, sometimes you definitely get disappointed. I mean, um, whoo, those last two Clash of the Titan films, they stunk. <laughs> you know what I mean? They were bad. Oh, terrible casting, terrible everything. But, you know, had to give them a check. Now, when um, I found out they were doing an animated series on Netflix, I was like, ooh, let me give it a check. So I'm talking about Blood of Zeus. I mean, I, did, I, I do think I prefer the original title, Gods and Heroes. But, eh, you know, Blood of Zeus, yeah, we, I guess we can go with that. I mean, we have to. That's the name. Uh, so, uh, now this is interesting. So, it's from Charlie and Vlaz Palapandiez. Now, I, the interesting thing is, and I didn't know going in, right? But uh, they were behind Immortals. When was that? I think that was... Was that 2010? Yeah, I think that was 2010, right? Ah, uh, it was... um, Man, god damn it, I hated the... I hated the film so much. <laughs> I was so disappointed. And I was, like, so looking forward to it. God damn that film, man. But, yeah, they were... They wrote that. Um... <laughs> uh, this was directed by Shunt Niggerhausen. Uh, Paul Edward Francis is the composer. So it's eight episodes, right? And they're about mm, half an hour each. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, it's fine. It's fine. <coughs> uh, so the voice cast we've got Derek Phillips as Heron, Jason O'Mara as Zeus, Claudia Christensen 
Christian as Hera, Elias Tufus as Seraphim, Mami Guma as Electra, Chris Damatropoulos as Evos, Jessica Henwick as Alexa. You know, so we got a few people, a few names that like people know, people remember, understand. You know what I mean? And um Hmm. Well, the gist of the series is this, okay? In the world's beginning, the gods of Olympus, led by Zeus, defeated the Titans. In the wake of their victory, the last Titan cursed the gods and unleashed the giants on the world. Many years later, an army from the east, using the essence of fallen giants, to fuel their army's power, descend upon Greece. On the outskirts of Greece, a common hero, Heron, learns of his heritage as the son of Zeus and his destiny to save the world, including the heavens. So, yeah, that's the gist of things. And it's interesting, right? It is definitely an interesting piece. Well, it's brought to us by um, Powerhouse Animations. And they're behind the Castlevania series that's on um, Netflix. You know, written by uh, Warren Ellis. Which, yeah, that's not bad, right? I don't mind that. I mean, granted, I've only watched the first season. But, yeah. It was all right. Um, so yeah, they and they're behind a few other things that they they're doing the new Masters of the Universe cartoon. You know, I mean, there's a few things that they're working on. So um, yeah, I think people trust them as a you know as a producer of content, and I think there's there's things of this that I liked. And then there's things that, you know, are a little disappointing. I mean, I think the biggest thing is the usual, right? When you come across any any of these Greek things, it's all a little whitewash. You know, like, they never make people really look like they'd be from that region. You know, everyone always sounds very generic and the same. You know what I mean? And it's always just a little like, ah, god damn it. I thought we were going to get something a little bit more, you know? But no, we never, we never seem to do. And it's kind of crazy, right? I do think it's kind of crazy. <sighs> but anyway. Now, yeah, a lot of the stuff about the gods, yeah, it's good. It's fun. It's interesting. They do want to change things. <laughs> like, because we know that Zeus did often, I mean, Zeus was renowned for uh, having multiple out-of-wedlock kids. Always did it, right? He would turn, like, there was even crazy ones where he turned himself into a golden shower. Yeah, golden shower 
which, uh, you know, different connotations these days. I think one, he turned himself into a swan. And you're just thinking, what were these chicks thinking? Like, uh, she wanted to fuck a swan? Like, what? But the other thing is, Zeus, he was very Cosby, right? You know what I mean? Shit was not consensual a lot of the times. But that was, I think that was a big thing just in general in those times. You know, if you liked a chick or a boy, you know what I mean? Whatever. You kind of just took them, especially if you're powerful. <laughs> you know right? But in this, they show it like, you know, Zeus was madly in love with her and you know he came down and he was a dad to heron and richard and like um, really okay the other thing that they just kind of changed was like all the gods did it yeah I mean, like all the gods had illiterate 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 illiter mm, kids out of wedlock <laughs> Illegitimate. That's it. Illegitimate. They all did it. Even the women. It wasn't just a, oh, this is just a map. No, the women did it too. It was all about equality <laughs> with the old Greek gods, you know. And so where, you know, in here we, we see um, Hera pissed and, you know, hating Heron. I think what kind of was the big thing with, you know, when you read the Greek mythology was it wasn't as much as they hated the offspring, but it was kind of like it was always jockeying for position. You know, it'd be like, well, I want to give my offspring the opportunities. You know, I want mine to be a renowned hero. So it was more that than, oh, I hate you for having a kid out of our... Because that wasn't really the thing. So it was interesting that they wanted to make it like that. Because I think it's a little bit of a disservice. And it makes Hera look like weak and petty. You know? When if you, because this is the thing, Greek mythology, the tapestry is so vast and rich. You don't have to change a story to make it crazy and interesting. It's already fucking crazy. It's already expansive. And it's been tweaked and changed throughout time. So there are so many different versions. You know, like the Italian gods are, the, the Greek gods were different. You know what I mean? It's just there's so many differences and tweaks that it's just a bit like to change it all. It's a bit like, uh, okay. And the thing that happens here is like Heron is like their invention. So what they wanted to do, instead of using an old you know, some of the old stories, they thought, oh, let's create our own. But they didn't really create, I mean, they created a couple of characters, you know, Seraphine and Harem, and they've just kind of taken bits, 
from a lot of the other, you know, Greek myths and put them into these characters, which it's okay, but like, why didn't you just just use the old ones? Like, they're not copyrighted. You could tell those stories. You could, you know, because we haven't had a, a really a, a, this type of Greek mythology animation. I mean, we've had things like um, Ulysses 31 and, you know, but not this. So they could have done that and it would have been fine. But yeah, so they decided to do it like this, which, mm, you know, I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Right. Um, like you throw in different things as well. So where, you know, when, when like Heron finds out about Zeus and all of that, yeah, we have him throwing tantrums, you know, and it's a bit odd, right? It's a bit odd. Like, if a god made you a sword, you're not throwing the sword away. You know, even if you don't, you know, you're irritated, you understand what that sword is. So it was weird for that to happen. And especially when, you know what I mean? Then all this shit happens and we never, like the story around the sword, it's, yes, an odd one. It's an odd one for the character Heron. Uh, like when you realize what the sword could do and how it could be useful, right? His actions around it just make no sense. And there is that. There are these things in this that make no sense when you think about like the story and when you think about like what they would be doing in that time, you know? It's just like, wait, but why would you? Like the whole Hera thing is odd. Ain't gonna lie. It, it's an odd situation because it's like cutting off the nose to spite the face. You feel me? Like if you use that old analogy. It, her actions don't really correlate because, yeah, the gods were fuckeries and they do little things to stun each other, but you're not going to do something which could just completely fuck you over as well. That was the odd thing, right? It, it was just like, wait, the gods never would do that shit. What are you doing? You know what I mean? I'm just like, ah, come on, man. So there's a lot of things like this in here. Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's an odd show because you know there's things that I enjoy and then there's things that I found frustrating. Right, like they do want to kind of throw in. You know, the, the the whole moral conundrums and stuff like that. But when you're dealing with the whole centaur situation, and I will say, right, 
we we never see a a kingdom of centaurs right that whole thing was a bit like um, really yeah i mean it was just a bit of an odd construction but hey ho but yeah the the whole thing around that was a bit like wait how could you be pissed like you put someone in a situation what did you think was going to happen and then later on they show um you know the, the that kind of thing again and sh the girl's all irritated but then she's just a bit like oh you you should go look after your people and you're like whoa 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 you can't be pissed and then suddenly 180 like that yeah, at least show the grey area, at least show, because it makes no sense, you know what I mean, it makes no sense, it's like, ugh, what are you doing, so, I'd say with the eight episodes, right, eight episodes, it's not a bad number, there are a couple of episodes, like, you do feel there are a couple of episodes that didn't need to be here, though, Right, because they do the whole, like, Seraphine and flashback episode. Right, which you could have told as little bits throughout, really. Like, to do a whole episode on it, like, stop the forward motion just for... It was just a bit like, eh, we don't really need it. Because this is... It's not like we're getting information we haven't already gleaned. Yeah, it's not a sophisticated story, people. Understand. Like, you know exactly how it's all going to go. You know what I mean? There are no shocks here. So, you mean to do that. And then, then again, we get a um, a similar one for Heron. And, and you're just like, we didn't really need these episodes. Right? So, it would have probably been a bit better to changed the flow of things because it all seemed a bit rushed in that last episode right everything was a little bit rushed and confined to try and finish off the story which isn't really finished because they it's left mad open and the thing is right so the creators were out doing interviews and shit and so they said, right, oh, we planned out what we would hope to be a five-season arc. It all depends on whether we get viewership. Um, that will decide if we get a second season. And I'm always a bit like, what are you doing? Like, why would you do that? That really makes no sense. And again, with the end of the um, episode, like the, the eighth episode, it's like they said it's a big setup for season two. Like fundamentally, season one is about Heron and Seraphim and their stories continue in season two. But we have a 20 page outline for season two. And it's very much a story of Zeus, Poseidon and someone else. 
right? And you're just the the and the weird thing is, if you want more, you have to tell a fully like fledged engrossing story in the first. So it's not really about holding things out and all of this because as I said, like Greek mythology is so expansive. If you want to tell, there's so much you could have a complete story without some silly cliffhanger ending, and then you still got more, right? And we've also seen that a lot of times things happen and shows get cancelled after maybe two seasons, three seasons. So where you're going oh yes we planned out a five season it gets a bit like ugh, just tell a fucking story like what why are you playing games because that is the shit that bites you in the ass you know what I mean? makes no sense man makes no sense but yeah there you go people it's as i said look it's interesting in um some respects in others, it's a little bit frustrating. Like, I think the whole Olympus thing, right? I think our main gods really are Zeus and Hera, right? We get some Poseidon in here. Um, you know, we get some of the, you know, some of the other gods as well, you know? We see some of them floating around, um, doing their thing, which is, yeah, it's all fine. But, like, you know, we see um, uh, Hepahites, you know, and we see, uh, like, Bobo from um, the original Clash of the Titans and all of that. But they don't really get fleshed out. Right, they don't get fleshed out, and then when you're creating this division in Olympus, it all feels a bit meh flat, right? Because, firstly, you know, the gods were all it's not really about oh, we're following you, they're all, they were all kind of for themselves, right? So it all seems a bit weird when you're like, oh, yes, all of these are going to follow this, but and these are going to follow it. I don't know about that, right? And we don't know. You haven't fleshed out any of these other gods or given names to any of them. Like, you can make the assumptions that, oh, that's probably that one and that's probably that one. But, you know what I mean? Like, you want people to care but you haven't given us enough to care, right? I mean, that's a big thing there. So that's an issue. And you're playing it like they're, they're running on just human moralities and stuff like that. So it all does feel a little wishy-washy, you know what I mean? Which is... Yeah, it's kind of problematic, right? It's kind of problematic. So, hmm, I mean, 
if you're a fan of gosh I don't know I think this probably speaks to people that yeah are like Percy Jackson you know what I mean if you if you dig those Rick Roden books this probably speaks to you because yeah I think it goes on that kind of sentiment right it goes on those newer versions of Clash of the Titans rather than this isn't a, 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 a Harry, a Ray Harry Hoff, you know, Jason and the Argonauts, Sinbad, you know, the 80s Clash of the Titans. It's not classic like that, right? And it doesn't, I feel they had a really good interpretation of these stories and the gods. So this is more like the modern day type of stuff, you know, trying to be a little PC, trying to um, show, di you know, different sensibilities when it's just like, eh, it's not really though. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It, it, it's all of those things. So if that's your thing, if you dig all of that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's fine, right? Um, and this, yeah, you're gonna, this will be for you, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's how I kind of view this, you know? It's not for your uh, mythology, you know, fanatics, you know what I mean? It, it's not Homer, it's more J.K. Rowling. Right? So, um, yeah. If that sounds like it's for you people, then check it out. Blood of Zeus. It is on Netflix right now. Eight episodes. Half an hour an episode. So, yeah. You know, it will be quick to uh, digest. So, um, yeah. There you have it. <laughs> okay. So, this week, people, because... Look, I've always had a love of Greek mythology. And, um, yeah, so, I, I, you know, once, if something new comes out, whether it be a film, TV, book, I'm always eager to give it a go. Uh, sometimes, you know what I mean? These things don't always pan out as well as you hope. Like, uh, the Stephen Fry stuff, just nothing new, you know, I just found it a tad drab, but, uh, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed, uh, Madeline Miller's Song of Achilles, because I think in this book, it, it, it kind of dealt with Achilles in a way that you've always kind of knew, but then films like to shy away from, you know what I mean? Like Achilles had, you know what I mean? Gay lovers. That was always a thing, right? And that was uh, always a huge thing of that time. You know, well, the, I think what's the expression um, some of my Turkish and Cypriot friends would say uh, while at uni? Um, 
with boys for fun girls for legacy or reproduction and whatnot <laughs> you know what I mean? but that was a big thing like when you read like old stuff about the roman and the greek empires yeah there wasn't really a lot of boundaries around sex for a point right for a point and also they fucked around with kids which yeah dicey dicey but yeah gay love you know what i mean that was just like whatever but yeah the films you didn't really have that in Troy. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they kind of shy away from all of that kind of stuff, you know? So I enjoyed that. Now, when Cersei, her follow-up book, came out, I kind of, mm, I don't know. I forget. I believe there was something about it that I came across. And I was just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And so I didn't get to it. But I recently was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to pick it up. So some of my peoples had checked it out, enjoyed it. I was like, you know what, I kind of trust them. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a read. You feel me? And that's what I did. Right. I checked it out. It was very well narrated by um, Perdita Weeks. She did a, a really good job, you know, with the female and the male voices, but also adding a little difference between the voices. So, yeah, she, um, yeah, you know what? If I see her narrating other books, I'll be inclined to check them. But, yeah, so I finally got round to um, doing Cersei. And... The gist of the book is this, okay? So in the house of Heli in the house of Helios, god of the sun, and mightiest of the Titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals, her companionship. She discovers that she does possess power, the power of witchcraft, which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods themselves. Threatened, Zeus banishes her to a deserted island where she hones her occult craft, tames wild beasts, and crosses paths with many of the most famous figures in all of mythology, including the Minotaur, Dadlius, and his doomed son Icarus, the murderous Medea, and of course, wily Odysseus. But there is danger too for a woman who stands alone, and Circe unwittingly draws the wrath of both men and gods, ultimately finding herself pitted against one of the most terrifying and vengeful of the Olympians. To protect what she loves most, Circe must summon all her strength and choose once for and for all whether she belongs with the gods she is born from 
or the mortals she has come to love. Dum dum dum. And um, yeah, that's the gist of it, you know. Uh, and it's very interesting, right? So one of the big things is how she really just weaves so much of uh, mythology into this you know we we come across like everyone really like prometheus we we go through all of that um you know cecilia and galcus you know hermes polo athena now date um deadliest I'd forgotten the name, right? Because you, you always remember Icarus, but I'd forgotten the name of his dad, you know? So that was interesting to kind of be able to remember all of that kind of side of things. And then we have, you know, Jason. There's Jason and the Argonauts was one of my favorite uh, Harry Hasselhoff films. You know, that was a great film, right? The skeletons and everything and, and the fleece. Ah, it's a great story. You know, there's all the heroes, you know, uh, are kind of there. Hercules, just everyone. So, yeah, that was always a fun one. But you, you find him in this. And then Odysseus, which Odysseus, it's one of my favorites. You know, there's, there's so many things that come from a distance, so many tellings. Remember the crazy cartoon from back in the day, you know, Odysseus um, in space and all of that, right? So weaving all of these into the story, it added a different context and a different kind of viewpoint, right? Now, when it all starts, because so it, it, it starts as her as a little kid, you know, just being born and all of this. And it is an interesting one because, yes, she is kind of um, looked upon as not being the fairest of gods. But that's always a weird little concept because the gods, it's a tricky situation right whenever you read these books and, and and that kind of thing like some of them are meant to be devastatingly pretty and handsome and whatnot now some of them aren't but then they use tricks to allure you anyway so when someone says oh they're not the fairest of it's always like mm, but what does that mean <laughs> you know what i'm saying it, it, it's just like you know kind of if you looked at people and were like oh well not you know Sir, Sir, Samantha Latham isn't Naomi Campbell and be like well no but she's still fine as hell you, you know what I'm saying so it's one of those right and especially when you're dealing with the gods because they are so superficial and crazy but we're seeing all of this and I think one of the most oof, devastating things is like that that realization that her, her parents don't really don't really care for her as much as she was led to believe 
right? And I think that's definitely something a load of people can kind of relate to. So you, you have that. That was like one of the hugest rejections early on. And we we see all of these things and these, you know, just um, the amount that is poured upon her. And you just think, yeah, if anyone has to kind of deal with all of this stuff, it's gonna send you in a certain way, right? Now, I do think it's interesting because it's like a, a big selling point, it seems, of this book is, you know, I guess um, everyone wants to wants to talk about it as Miller bringing the Greek gods into the feminist age, right? That's one of the, it seems to be a big narrative on all the press and all the articles and all of that such. And you go, okay, yeah, no, I, I definitely can see that, right? But, right, there's, there's other stuff in this, and I don't think it's always addressed, which was a little bit of a shame to me, because it's like the, um, the whole Galcus situation, you know, there's, when you actually look at that, Galcus doesn't really like her, you know what I mean, it, it, it's very clear that he is using her, right, and because you have that bit, and they're hanging out, and everything is cool, but the minute it's like, you can't hang out with her, he's just like, all right, fuck it, I'll dump her, right, and then she's just like, oh, no, 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 please stay, stay, and, and we have her begging, like, begging for him to stay, which is just like, ugh, god damn it, Cersei, you're better than that, man, so she then does a thing, right, she, she convinces her aunt to help her out, and she, she does something, and it gets Galcus to, um, like her again, so he's only back because you did something, so then she does some, she does the other thing, and it's just, yeah, you kind of feel like, if he liked you, at that moment, you're, you and him are like, boom, we're a thing now, but they're not, you know what I mean, he, he then tosses her aside, right, for Scylla, tosses her aside for Scylla, which you're just like, ugh, god damn it, that's just sad, but the, the thing is, though, Miller writes it, like, there's never the point where Cersei is a bit like, yeah, actually, I see that Galcus was an arsehole, or, or really, I see that he used me, there's never that, you know, she, she is irritated with Scylla, you know, so she attacks Scylla, I mean, in a way, she attacks Scylla, right, and you have other things, like, there's a point when, like, Galcus uses his powers and sends her back to her room, and it's just like, 
Uh, in Galcus's way, he, that showed that he liked me. Because, you know, he didn't do anything to really hurt me. Which, you know, that's kind of domestic, the cold, the re rationale of domestic vi violence from the victim's point of view. You know, well, he didn't, he does love me. Like, he only hit me because he was upset. Right, it was that. And, and having that, that's fine. Because, yes, that is, as I said, like, you know, domestic violence and all of that. But then, you know, there are points in later in the book with the ref where she has all this reflection. But there is never the point where she is like, Galcus was a piece of shit. And I feel that was a bit of a shame. You know? Because I think... A lot of times we have these books and girls are treated in a certain way. And especially in like romance and stuff. But then you never have the whole, yeah, that was a bad situation. You know, there's a lot of excuses get made and all of that. And it's just like, it's a shame. I think also, like, there's always rape. Uh, like there's always rape I was just like ah, do we need this why do we always have to have rape please no more rape okay <sighs> I mean yes that was bad I mean luckily it wasn't crazy graphic or anything like that which is definitely a plus right definitely a plus but you do kind of feel like ah, did we need that like did we need that like, I think you can still get things across without having to have the rape, you know? Because I think, yeah, definitely saw that, yeah, there was a lot of bad shit against her. You know, we do have the story kind of told in that sense. So, yeah, it's a bit like, we didn't need the rape, you know? So I just thought that was a bit like, uh, god damn it. But yeah, you know, it happened. You know what I mean? It happened. Now, then, I mean, there's definitely the thing, though, towards the end where, um, I mean, she, I mean, she kind of rapes, right? Because I believe Telemachus is 15. You know what I mean? So you kind of feel, isn't that rape? Right? On, on the flip, you know, is kind of child abuse to some extent. So, yeah, there, there is that, which is a little bit weird. But, um, hey-ho, right? Hey-ho. Oh, gosh. But, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was very interesting with some of the kind of looks in the book, right? So... It's, she's on the island, and I think it's like, yes, I'm on the island doing my thing, but then you then have the thought that actually, am I lonely, right, am I kind of trying to pretend that I'm not, right, and I think that's always an interesting topic, you know, because I think there's times when we try and mask those things, Right, you try and mask pain and, and loneliness and try and go, oh no, 
I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm just doing, I'm happy doing this. When really, no, I mean, that doing the thing is fine, right? But you're also very lonely too. So yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. And like the, the look, uh, I think, you know, mortality, right? And what are the important things in life, right? So kind of addressing that kind of stuff, you know? I think that was all very, very interesting and, and works. But overall, there is this poetry you know just to the way miller constructs a story and the language he uses and just the flow of the prose it just all really just kind of resonates to you you know she has a great way with um the way she constructs a story you know, the way it all flows and kind of comes to life, right? She deals with certain things which I think if told in a slightly different way, it could be a bit, eh, okay, fine. You know, a little tiresome, a little, eh, I've heard this before. But because the way she, you know, she chose to do it, you know, put it all together, it feels fresh, it feels different, and you just, like, you find yourself, I think, looking at the story in these different ways, you know, stuff like, um, Jason, you know, like, that whole thing, and then, kind of, the whole being lost in, um, you know, being lost in your legend, right, which is a thing that happens right now, you know, people liking all your shit on, say, social media, and then you believing that you're something more than you really are, you know, you become lost in the, oh, everyone loves it when I talk trash about this, so I'm just gonna go into it even more, when, yo, that ain't a good thing, you know what I mean, ain't a good thing, so his whole situation with Medea, yo, that just became crazy messy, right, but then the things that you will do for love, or the perception of love, like Medea and her brother, you know what I mean? And the way she tries to justify it. And then even when it's kind of pointed out how bad it was, it's just like, well, you know, he understood. He would know. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, that's not good. Right? So I think all of that, like the way you hit these different things, I think it's interesting, it works, and I think the the retelling helps bring it to a new audience, you know, so even though, I mean, I have, whew, I have read so many books on, like, these stories, 
this still felt this still felt fresh. It still was interesting. It was still captivating, you know, all the way through. Yeah, loved it. Like the Odysseus stuff. Again, it's just that different take on things and how a situation can like change you. Right? So yeah. Very very compelling. I mean you did think that um you know when uh oh my days. Penelope? Yeah, this is why Penelope. When she get comes to the island and all of that, you're like, oh what's gonna happen? And you're always kind of on the edge of your seat there, right? Because you're thinking, oh, is it gonna go? Ah, I don't know, I don't know. But hey, that, that, yo, that was very well done, right? Because it, it had you thinking all the way till the end. So yeah, hats off to Miller with all of that. Uh, and if you've done some of Achilles, but not this, hey, trust me, you're gonna, you will dig this for real. You know, if you haven't done either, hey, check them out, right? If you're a fan of mythology and, um, yeah, you know, just all the different retellings. And, yeah, these are books that ink bring something new, right? So, uh, yeah, Circe, it's definitely something to add to your mythology lexicon and um as i said you know the the narration from uh perdita weeks very good very good so definitely worth doing the audible version people as always that's the version that i ingested so uh yeah there you go people go get your greek legends on with some Cersei. Okay, people. So, as we draw to a close on another episode, let us take a look and see what's happening in the world of TV. Well, <laughs> this doesn't really come as a surprise. NBC... They've um, cancelled their uh, Zoom kind of type show, Connecting. Um, now, it said that, yeah, just the numbers were terrible. People weren't really engaged with the show. And, yeah, no shit. It's been so there's so many of the networks were like, oh, we need a show that talks about the pandemic. And the big thing is, people want to go to TV for escapism. So why do you want to watch a show about the thing that we're all stuck in right now? It is the most asinine decision all of these studios are taking. It is baffling. But yeah, NBC, uh, they've realised. <laughs> we have some cancellations coming. 
So, um, Fox, they've wielded the axe on uh, Filthy Rich, which is the Kim Cattrall show, and also John Slattery's next. Both of those, um, yeah, they're not getting second seasons. Um, now, Hulu, they've also uh, decided not to give a third season to uh, their anthology show, Castle Rock, which, um, yeah, that might come as a surprise to some people. Um, but we are getting announcements on new shows. So, um, what the C- the CW? They're doing a um, a re envisioning of Walker Texas Ranger. Uh, this you know update is called Walker, and it is going to be starring Jared um, Padalecki. You know he'll be playing uh, you know Walker himself, but um. Also, Odette Annabelle, she has um, joined the cast, right? Um, she's going to be a recurring character called Jerry, who will be a bartender in um, the local bar called Sidestep. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think supposedly she's meant to be a friend of um, Walker's. Late wife Emily So there is that Um, Now this Isn't a huge Surprise but uh, They've announced that in Season 3 of Amazon's The Boys Claudia Dumit's um, Character Victoria Neiman You know the congressman with um, The powers You know she is um she's getting updated to a a, a season regular which yeah i mean that may, all made sense right and also um colby minifay's character ashley barrett she's going to have um, a more prominent role in season 3 which again you know Seems to make sense, right? Um, another thing with coming to Amazon is uh, a psychological series called Tell Me Your Secrets. So it's starring um, Lily Rab as a woman who um, narrowly escaped a serial killer. Um, we've then got um. Hamish Linklater, right, who's a former serial predator, um, and Amy Brenneman, who's um, a grieving mother, you know, seeking her missing daughter, um, and Enrique Muracano. Who's a therapist with seemingly good intentions? It's a 10 episode um, drama that kind of revolves around these characters. So, yeah, that is 
happening, people. Um, what else? Uh, so, I think when word came that HBO were making a Hellraiser TV series, people might have been a little dubious, but it has been confirmed that Clive Barker is um, coming aboard the project as an executive producer. So, um, yeah, I think that probably adds to the validity of the show. Like Barker said, um, he is delighted that Hellraiser mythology is seeing a new life. It's time the stories went back to their roots. I'm eager to bring to a new audience the most powerful and ancient elements of horror. The darkest evil invading our human lives and how we must find in ourselves the power to resist it. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Let us go with, um, yeah, some things happening at Netflix. Okay? So, um... They are renewing for a second season their uh, young adult series, The Babysitter's Club. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that will be uh, dropping sometime next year, right? And, um, Yeah, it's going to have the same showrunner and uh, all of the cast are returning. And also, uh, Everett Downing and uh, Patrick Harpins are, um, they're getting a new series at Netflix called My Dad the Bounty Hunter. It's going to be an animated action comedy, right? Um, it's going to, uh, you know, have a voice cast of Russell Hornby, Hornsby, uh, Yvonne Uji, Parrish Ferguson, Yvette Nicole Brown, Rob Regal, Leslie Ugams, um, Jesobi Swain, and Jim Rash. Okay, so, um... It follows the toughest bounty hunter in the galaxy whose family on earth has no idea what he does for a living. When his two kids accidentally hitch a ride into outer space and crash his latest mission, they discover that their average dad's job is anything but boring. Okay, people, so yeah, that is us for another week. We will, uh, yeah, we'll see you again next Wednesday, alright? Cool, cool, cool. Enjoy, keep sane, and, uh, peace.